Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. Uh, this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, as uh, always, you were on great form and uh, you gave us... What a fair bit of content, so God bless you for that. Thank you so much. Um, Keep we, it coming. We did have some guests as well, though. We did work for our money. Uh, we spoke to Tom Roddy from the Sunday Times, who's looked into the history of football's, one of its newest inventions, the draft excluded. Yes, I, I found this tremendously engaging. Who lies behind the wall. We spoke to Matt Ketchell and Richie Wyatt. Uh, they uh, were asking for your help for their new podcast, which is built around the Merlin sticker collection of 1997. Um, and altogether more serious subject. Uh, a tragic yet absolutely beautiful story was told to us by French football expert Julien Laurent. Here it all is. Good afternoon everyone. Good afternoon Max. Good afternoon Paul. Good afternoon everybody. Yes, I mean uh, Sergio Aguero we're talking about him in a few minutes aren't mm. we and what a marvellous player. I liked his statement that when he said, you know, when a cycle comes to an end, many sensations arise. I mean, the main sensation I get when a cycle comes to an end is if I leave it long enough, will Mrs. Rushton hang up the washing? Or if I leave it overnight, (laughs) if this cycle's done, if I leave it, will will I have to do a spin again in the morning? Do you think, I mean, look, I know you've taken it like that, but do you think he he meant washing machines when he said that? Or (laughs) do you think he was looking in a wider... Maybe he was looking at a wider context. context. Reading about Aguero and and talking to people who know about him, that that he, you know, if you think about how long he's there and, and sort of how little we know about him... Apparently, he really did just stay in and play computer games, train, play football, mm. and repeat that, which is great. I mean, to do whatever you like. But I'm interested to know if anyone's ever, anyone's, you know, you say, oh, I saw Mario Balotelli wherever. Out and about. Has anyone ever seen Aguero out and about? Because he no, just. Not he in just, a city shirt or leaving the training. Exactly, ground. yeah. He, yeah. Just, he just went home, he played his computer games on this thing called Twitch where you can stream it and people pay to yeah. watch you play computer games. And then so he was making w- money while he was at home, Absolutely relaxing. right, yeah. <laughs> Never stops. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, we are going to get... I mean, I was funny enough, I was reading a piece written by a journalist more or less on the day he signed, and it's quite interesting saying what an important signing he was for City. As uh, Yaya Turi was saying there, very interesting stuff. So we'll, we'll put that to Bill Burrows, who's the editor of Blueprint, the former City uh, fanzine. 
Um, before all of that, though, um, you returned to training did, last yeah. night. Grassroots sport return, and your, your club didn't waste any time in getting no, a training no. session again. Poly training, uh, 6.30 to 8pm <clears> <throat> for the uh, uh, threes and below. Uh, the ones and twos trained separately after us. What was the fitness and, uh, levels like, considering how long you'd been gone? The fitness levels, actually, the younger players was worse. I think the 20-year-olds have spent lockdown just just eating pizza yeah. whereas the older players realised that this could have been a deciding moment mm. and you know it could have gone either way so yeah in good nick it's interesting that at the start I was I was just kicking this ball about and it felt very a bit over pumped right. I was a bit nervous to suggest that this ball was too hard and maybe my foot had got, got soft <laughs> you've got soft foot <laughs> that can s- happen well I don't want to get soft if you, foot you, you can I'm, get you can your feet can get softer I still think I've got something to offer the game I What's interesting about amateur football training is you do a lot of two, three touch. Yeah. You do this, you're playing really sharp football and you're doing it all for Saturday when I'm just going to do 20 flick-ons <clears> and then have a pint and go <laughs> home. You know, it's absolutely no so relation. Is your first game this weekend? First game, civil service away in the cup, yeah. This, uh, now, you may be the same as Max. You may have your first uh, g- game this weekend having returned uh, Saturday or Sunday morning. But um, grassroots players have been issued various edicts by the FA yeah, uh, because the virus is still very much among us, of course. Um, they yes, they have. They're trying to minimise players getting into close proximity in different ways. They're asking for quicker corners and um, free kicks and uh, even defensive walls. They don't want it taking ages to set up a ceremonial because they don't want right. players standing next to each other. Corners, get your corners done. But it's not, not a, a short, corner. not a socially distant wall. You don't have to leave. Two no, no, no that, would, that would probably be, be a bit. You'd certainly need a couple of draft excluders on that on yeah. that basis. Uh, there'll be a ban on team talk huddles and any watching parents for kids' games. Are t- we, I'm working on the basis your parents don't come and watch. <laughs> no. uh, are, uh, are told not to throw the ball back if it goes right, out the play okay. yeah set pieces the guidance says set plays free kicks referees and coaches should encourage players to get on with the game no uh, unnecessarily prolonged uh, set play setup such as defensive walls you can have a wall corner should be taken promptly goal celebration should be avoided if possible players should avoid shouting or raising their voices you can be able to do that I would think <laughs> good luck with that one uh, tra- changing rooms should remain closed but you, you probably are going to have to turn up in all your yeah, kit turning you? up in kit is fine yeah. I normally get changed in the the toilet through there, Paul, on a Saturday. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. after the show, and then off you go, and then you emerge like Superman. Absolutely. Um, I mean, huddles at this level of football. I'm always any oppo that does a huddle. I think you think we're going to beat them. We'll do them. We've got these. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pre-match handshakes uh, are scrapped. Is that something you ever indulge in or not? Uh, No. And uh, no sharing of equipment. And uh, wash your own kit. Do you do that anyway? Uh, No. Someone does the kit. So what? We're not allowed to do the kit. You know, it's not like someone does the no, kit. No, they're telling you. Well, this is what the FA guidelines are. You can you can uh, oh, really? ride roughshod over them if you like. Well, these, this, you know, the skipper's trick is to say, you know, Paul, are you in next week? Mm. Yes. Here's the kit. So oh, it's okay. one of the yeah, first yeah. things that happens after a game. Do you, do you have a it? you have a rotor system for the kit? No, do you? no, you just sort of. Someone's got a car. If you've driven, you do the kit way more than okay. if you haven't. Corker says, from what I understand, Aguero is a huge hot point fan. Just while we're on there. Oh, okay. He yeah. went down that route, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I saw him as a Beko man oh, myself. Really? Anyway, so did he use economy wash or forty quick wash. Oh, no, I, think, I think he could Separates. turn his hand to anything. That was his Possibly. versatility yeah. is what made him so great. The we're interested in a couple of things from you this afternoon. An amazing story, really. You think of Formula One, the highest of high tech sports. But Fernando Alonso at the Bahrain Grand Prix had to retire. And when they checked out what had gone wrong with the car, they found um, sandwich uh, packaging wedged in his brake ducts. (laughs) 
all the high tech you can try, but somebody in the pits has just lobbed a bit of sandwich wrapper down. It's not the time to have a sandwich, isn't it, during a pit stop? I mean, they're quite short anyway. You've got a lot of engine oil on your hands, I would imagine. the wrong time to open a sandwich. Um, so we just wondered about the things, maybe the, the very minor things that may have scuppered you along the way, if you want to share those with the class today. Uh, yeah, Ashley says, playing football in the street, <coughs> I got tackled by a brick. That was a low point. Uh, Garner <laughs> says, when I was at school, I slipped on a wet crisp packet and knocked my front teeth out. Oh, wow. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? So that's just the kind of thing we're talking about. So uh, let us know your stories this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHJ. It had to happen, but um, the good people at Subutio have issued a, a VAR monitor with referee looking at it that you can put by the side of your pitch. Yes. They haven't gone the full Stockley Park. The we, idea there that, isn't a VAR Stockley Park but yet. You could, if you think about it, because it has to be a long way away from the pitch. So if you have your Subutio pitch in the living room, <laughs> in the kitchen, you could put your little Stockley Park men. Um, uh, just, uh, Do you need then a Sabutio pundit saying, why, or a Sabutio manager, yeah. then after the game saying, why is a plastic figure in the kitchen making decisions that have happened in the living room? Exactly. That's yeah. a very good point. And you can also, you can have these little eight little figures sitting in front of a bank of screens, all wearing <laughs> tracksuits for no apparent reason whatsoever because they're sitting in a trading estate near uh, Heathrow. <laughs> So, uh, are there any other uh, accessories you think that um, uh, Subutio need to uh, bring out to, to give us the modern game I, as we know I it? was thinking you need, um, uh, for half-time, you could put on two players who've got their tiny little players, tiny little hands over their mouths. Oh, yeah. So when they're walking off the pitch at half-time, we can't see. So you can flick them off the pitch, two players that you both flick with both fingers, <laughs> yeah. and they've got their hands over yeah. their mouths. Yeah, and after the game, you need opposition players as well coming together <clears throat> and having conversations. Yeah. Little figurines, hands over mouths. They've got the cameraman that follows the player that scored the winning goal <laughs> off the field. We need that. We need too. him, uh, don't we? So the, any other accessories yeah. that Sabutio have missed out on? They've, you know, they're keen to get up to date. They well, wouldn't have done the VAR guy otherwise. The Timbuni says a Sabutio podcast has set five men, little figurines staring at each other on tiny laptops, running Zoom calls. That's a nice idea. Yeah, it's good. Isn't it? Uh, Andrew says, if your brother wants to watch you and your dad playing Sabutio, he must pay you a tenner. Uh, remote controls <clears throat> as Glasgow are capers. Remote controlled planes with abusive banners that grown man grown men can spend spend their actual money on to fly over the Sabutio <laughs> yeah. pitch. It's a nice idea, isn't it? So let us know uh, this afternoon. We're looking for your suggestions to uh, bring uh, those Sabutio accessories. Uh, up to date and also the little things that scuppered you a couple of very good ones in the Fernando Alonso envelope the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport well, Hawksby and Max Rushton uh, here on TalkSport now I, I just happened upon a story the other day that I had not heard before Max it kind of rang a slight bell with you yeah, I, I remember it from somewhere but it is a it's such a it's such a sad story, isn't it? It is, but it's it's a beautiful love story at the same time. True. And I'm surprised that 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 we've not seen it as a TV documentary because it's an incredibly moving story. It is the uh, French international footballer Jean Pierre Adams uh, who uh, fell into a coma in 1982 and is still looked after to this day uh, by his wife Bernadette. Here to tell us more is uh, Julian Laurent, French football expert. Hi, Jules. Hello, boys. He was a PSG player, wasn't he? As we said, a French international and um, went into hospital for a fairly routine um, procedure on an injury and mm. there was a problem around the anaesthesia. 
never came out. Yes, that's right. I, I like what you said in your intro because it's a it's a really sad story, of course, because he's been in a in a coma, although he, he breathed by himself, and I will I will explain that a bit later, but for 39 years now. But it's a beautiful story too of love, as you said, because his wife once the hospital where he was said, Listen, we can't we can't care for him anymore. So she took him home. And for the last 32 or 33 years, I think of those 39 or maybe even more than that, she's just been caring for him and mm. she feeds him and she she just looks after him. That's all she does every day. They, they've got two children. They've got grandchildren who come and visit their, their dad or their granddad. But that's what she does. And it's a it's a really pure story of, of love, of determination, because she's basically waiting for him to to get better. One day we, 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 we don't know if, if that will happen. But she hopes every day that it's a different day, that the routine is a bit different and that maybe he will wake up, he will wake up, he will maybe speak, he will do something a bit different than he's done for the last 39 years, which is basically nothing because he's in that state, as you said, of, of coma. Or, although he's awake, he can breathe by himself. There's no tube, there's no artificial respiration, there's, there's none of that. But, but his eyes just don't give you anything. He doesn't react to anything apart from she thinks her voice now and again. Uh, and she feeds him only like mash and, and things that have been like, um, I don't know, like, like mashed basically. Like pure, yeah, 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 even yeah. that, even that he, he, he can't really, um, follow it, but, but she's there every day just waiting for something to happen. It's incredible. Um, presumably this story is, is, is very well known in France, Julia. It is, although there's, a there's, a there's a bit of humility about telling it and not telling it too much, really, because we don't want. I mean, she, Bernadette, is a lovely lady, and and Jean Pierre was was a was a really nice guy. He, he came from from Cameroon with his nan. His nan was looking after him. She took him to France so he could go to a Catholic school in France. He was there in in a foster family. He turned out to be really good at football. He became professional. Had really this. You know, good career, 22 caps mm. for France, played in, in the French top flight for Nice, where he almost won the title twice for PSG, two seasons. Not the greatest season either for him and for the club, to be fair, but still. And then he retired. He was happy. He had his children, then went for that knee injury, uh, that operation on his knee. And the, the nurse that looked after him got the doses completely wrong for the anesthetic. And instead of just you know, uh, making him, making making that area over his knee uh, where he could not feel anything. She just threw him into a, the deepest coma that you, you could ever find, really. And and it's been a, a complete disaster drama. But the story is known, although there's that, I think by respect for, for the Adams family, for, for the, the all that incredible work that in a way that the wife is doing, Bernadette, I think people have been trying not to be too invasive and not to talk too much about it or not to, to ask too many questions either. And we, I think we're just all hoping that one day, he's 73 now, but that one day, as I've, I've been saying before, something very positive will happen. His wife, Bernadette, sounds like a remarkable woman, Jules. At first, they, they, she talked about the fact that it, it, it was uh, a mixed-race marriage. There was a lot of pushback from her family and people generally in the 70s in, in France where they were, it was frowned upon and it took a lot to win her family over, but they, they fell in love with him. Then 
after he fell into a coma, she fought for seven, eight years, you know, through the courts to get justice and some compensation so she could uh, become his primary carer. And, and it relied on their, the French Football Federation and their kind of version of the Variety Club. And a lot of people kind of stood their corner while she had to fight through the courts. And then at the end of it, all as you say, she, she is his primary carer. She looks after him every day. She sounds like a remarkable lady. She's incredible. And the maybe the saddest bit of all, Paul, is that when he went into the, the hospital uh, in, in 1982, he, he rang her at home, of, of course, at the time and said, I'm just I'm just getting in now. So just come back and get me in eight hours after the operation is done and after I rested a little bit. And that's the last words that he's ever said, which were to his wife, just come and pick me up at the hospital in eight hours. And of course, you know, he never spoke again 39 years ago. But she's been incredible in terms of strength and determination and not giving up because she could have said, is there a way maybe for him to go now? Because 39 years, not saying a word, being there, but not really being there. But yet she's never abandoned him or given up on him. You're right. She's had help, not enough for my liking from the French Federation, for example, or even from, from former clubs. Or, or, you know, people, I don't know, at the government, the, the, the sports minister, anything. Because, again, like I said before, it's a story that people know about in France. It was someone who's really liked in the football years. And when he was playing in the 80s, you didn't make the kind of money that you do today that mm. can that, that to make sure your family was, you know, was safe and secure and the next generation and the next generation after that as well. So for, for her to, to get all that help, but she's always been so dignified about it. And I think that's why, again... To answer Max's question, people are trying not to be too invasive because she's been so dignified about it from the beginning. And I, I think she's such an example and such an inspiration for, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, as I said, it's, <clears throat> it's a tragic story, but it is uplifting at the same time. And it's rare you get that. But Jules, thanks for telling us more. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. There we are. There's Julian Neron there. Uh, Jean-Pierre Adams, an amazing story. And there's a number of uh, articles online, as I said, I just... I came across this story and couldn't quite believe yeah. I didn't know you're, anything you're about it. You're completely right about yeah. it being a love story and about her bravery. It's it's extraordinary, mm. you know, and every day. And she's been incredible, actually, the more you yeah. read about it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Max returned to training as lockdown was eased. He's got his first game at the weekend and a number of you have been back. Um, Parslow Vet says, Daniel, we returned to training last night. Judging by the WhatsApp group this morning, there was a few stinkers. Special mention to Macca, who has ruled himself out of the next game on the grounds. He can't play football anymore. <laughs> Realisation. <laughs> P.S. Can we play Max's team in a friendly? Well, I'll leave that with uh, Max. Uh, another one as well. Um, somebody's returned to six aside. Where's that one gone? Yeah, competitive six aside last night, says uh, Paul in Sandbach. He says, I'm the oldest player in our whole team at 50 um, and a keeper. Our passing was atrocious and all of our shirts seemed tighter than they used to be. Our team is Hakuna Juan Mata. Very nice. Uh, we were 2 0 down at half time. We conceded the second after the ref refused to delay a corner so my defender could do up his laces. <laughs> then came back to 2 2. That ref has been waiting to ref for so yeah. long, hasn't he? He's like, oh, I'm going to be such a job's worth put today. his stamp on the game. Yeah. I saved the pen only to lose 3 2 with the last oh, kick of the game, but still yeah. loved every minute of Absolutely, it. So yeah. if you returned to grassroots football, so 9th of April for me, because it's. Good Friday, the club okay. where we play as an open, but we're all back. Just a proper warm. Someone April. will have 
pinged a hamstring yeah. just trying to hammer one in from 30 yards before they've done any <laughs> sort of stretching. On the subject of, you know, Fernando Alonso, you told us this story that uh, he, he he lost a Grand Prix, basically, because someone had dropped a sandwich wrapper. Yeah, got caught in, in his brake ducts. Got, got caught in his brake ducts, yeah. And uh, uh, Mark sent the story... Um, from uh, uh, the Large Hadron Collider, oh, uh, one really? of the most expensive and technologically complex machines in the world. That didn't prevent the Large Hadron Collider from coming to a cropper thanks to a bird dropping a piece of baguette into a <laughs> part of a, into a cooling unit. The right? 4.4 billion pound god machine overheated after a passing bird dropped a piece of bread into a high voltage installation which was powering a cooling unit. So it's not it's not just you, isn't it? And Buzz says um uh, and uh, Buzz uh, Bez would have in, been interested in Buzz's story. Buzz says Bez uh, is interested uh, yeah, in Buzz. Yeah, uh, would uh, Buzz have been interested <laughs> in Bez? <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. A fluorescent orange carrier bag blew up into the face of the horse I was riding and also riding lead apparently pure carnage hit the streets of Windsor. Wow. How I didn't fall off and the horses didn't destroy anything is a miracle. Uh, oh, Nick yeah. in Pimlico says, my grandmother had her engine stripped down twice because of a rattling noise, and it turned out to be a ball bearing in the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're also telling us, keep those coming. Have you returned to grassroots? What was it like? Did you feel the pace? Are you back this weekend? Well, have you got your first training session tonight? So let us know your stories. And also we're asking you about Subutio players. Absolutely. And the new accessories that you feel everybody should have because they've introduced the VAR monitor with the ref looking at it. We've called for a... Um, a Subutio Stockley Park, a bearded Roy Keane and a Bielsa stall, says Paul in Liverpool. They'd be nice little additions, sure. wouldn't they? Uh, Martin says, uh, little figurines of Swiss police officers raiding FIFA HQ That's would a, be good, then wouldn't have, it? You would need, though, Subutio FIFA HQ, wouldn't you, really? Yes. And then we need, we'd probably need Subutio Court for Arbitration of Sport. Is there, you know, is there a space for football administration? Well, the Tim Booney wants a tiny club director wearing a face mask that covers their mouth but not their nose. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice idea. And Andy, this is really for the completest. Mm. I don't know how much um, Sabutio Andy has got. He's probably got everything if he feels that this is what he's missing out on. He said, what about Sabutio Yang in his Sabutio supercar <laughs> getting stuck in traffic on a Sabutio Holloway Road? I mean, how many Subutio Holloway roads would you make? Uh, have to be, no, no, I think you get a few. It'd have to be the, the scale, would it? would have to be they? the scale. What would be very upsetting is if you had, you know, the... Uh, what was the old... What, you know, what, what road did it used to be? Was it always on the Holloway Road? What was the other one by no, it's not, Highbury, you know, the Brown Highbury Way? I, don't, I tend... Do you I imagine t- if you I, had the Subutio Highbury... Just yeah. the road off Highbury, Gillespie Road. Was Gillespie it? Road, yeah, yeah which the, is what the Arsenal Station should be called. Gillespie Road, and then they move stadium. And what are you going to do with your Sabutio Gillespie Road now? Yeah, that's a very good Something question. Something to think about. 08717. Sanitised ball stand, says. Uh, <laughs> you're not having a go. No, he meant in Sabutio. <laughs> that's a bit much. Uh, Brian, that was. Uh, yeah, we should have a Sabutio COVID sanitised ball stand. Uh, okay, Brian, well, we'll put that to our friends at Sabutio this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Mini Louis Vuitton man bags and oh, headphones really nice. uh, yes. in the Subutio style. Sean yeah. wants a, uh, um, a a tiny heartfelt Instagram goodbye post pack, and Nigel wants players texting with huge headphones on. So yeah. maybe maybe normal sized headphones for Subutio size. You know, once you've set up the moulds, I mean, I suppose it's um, that's the way they must decide on these things. They obviously know yeah, they're going to get sell them laid on the cheap, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. As long as now they've unblocked the Suez Canal, they can get here now. They can. They? That's true. And, and that's actually, we should say well done to Yuri Geller because in the Star today, he's, oh, yeah. he was responsible along with readers to the Daily Star. So they cleared the Suez Canal. 
the, the uh, Uri Geller, the spoonbender, urged readers to visualise pushing the 400-metre-long evergreen, ever-given cargo ship yeah. along after it got stuck, uh, holding up 15% of the world's sea traffic. And after thousands joined in, the uh, the boat was moved. I well mean, you should also Uri. credit the... Did you see the, the lads on the tugboat sort of singing and cheering? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Adam Hurry, Football Clichés, did a great tweet saying, you know, great win for the lads. We've done our job. Off to Panama we go. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Nice. It was costing just the £7 billion a day, wasn't it, apparently, the blockage? Wow. So, uh, sorry, everybody. Do you think the captain, the other one said, sorry, lads, <laughs> just waving back as they went it, past? I was thinking it was it was a nice break for the two lads with the stop-go board. They've been going for years, yeah. haven't they? They'd have no break, so at least they could stop I about a broke at a party once. He was the uh, stepdad of my wife's friend, and his job was to park uh, tankers. He would oh, be flown to different parts of the world. Really? Because they're a huge job. You know, you've got to park them properly because things, as we just seen, can go wrong. And he'd, so he'd go over and he'd be going, yeah, go on, that's it, left hand down a bit. Well, I'm sure it was more to it than do that, you, but his job was to park tankers. Do you think old strikers who had the turning circle of a tanker <laughs> then go on to drive the tanker? Because they know, they know they the probably, angles, they, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right, they've got very yeah. similar, possibly. Anyway, keep those coming on Subudio, on your return to grassroots, and indeed on those uh, little things that scuppered you, like Fernando Alonso and the sandwich wrapper in his brake ducks. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, as Andrew was just saying, we could do with the draft excluder player in uh, the all-new Sabutio. Um, Did you see uh, somebody was uh, practicing free kicks with the two, you know, with the one of those mannequins in the wall, you know, mm-hmm. the wire ones, and yeah, yeah. laid one down flat. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you seen it at grassroots? Have you? Have you, have you seen a draft excluder uh, at your level? N- uh, not on my level. It wouldn't would work you, at that level. Would you do it or not? I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to have the skill to put one under a wall, and you've got to have players. You've got to have six players or five players who can <sighs> jump. Listen, whatever the gaffer wants me to do, Paul. You know? <laughs> I'd love to, that'd be great. Whoever's the, the manager, can you, make, can you use Max as the draft <laughs> excluder next week? Tom Roddy uh, decided at the weekend to look, at, delve into it, the history yeah. of it for the Sunday Times. He joins us now. Hi, Tom. Afternoon, chaps. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good, thank you. Now, you and uh, Barry Glendenning, you feel that you may have come up with the term draft excluder in the first place? Quite a long time ago, the two of us did a text topic to just ask what should it be called, and Mm. there was skirting boards, guttering, and draft excluder was the one that we settled on. Although... The, gra- the draft excluder, if you think about it, should really be in front of the wall because you're trying to stop the draft, aren't yeah. you? In many ways, a sandbag <laughs> or something. Well, we're trying to work out what actually goes behind yeah. it. But I feel we coined the phrase, but perhaps... And then commentators started using it. But I'm worried that Tom is about to burst my bubble. Yeah, here. have you got earlier examples than that, Tom? I'm I'm just relieved. I've finally found the person who came up, who coined <laughs> the phrase, Max Rushton. Yeah. yeah. I was. That was one of the things I, I couldn't come across while looking into it. Wow. I mean, because it was probably a listener, so I can't... It was just, you know, the audience of the warm-up are responsible. I'm happy mm. to take that. But it's been used... Well, when's the first When's the first sighting, Tom, of the first, you know, the first ever human draft excluder? Uh, the, the origins seem to be from Brazil, really, which... Um, which which makes sense because the the first sightings that we that we had in Europe was was the likes of Ronaldinho for Barcelona and I think Rivaldo actually did it for Olympiacos against Liverpool in two thousand and six um, and and of course then Coutinho uh, 
Coutinho was knocking free kicks under the wall uh, when Wolves were jumping. So then the, the draft excluder was used in, in Brazil and then it was actually probably Coutinho who, who did it for the first time, a version of it anyway, a, a more, probably um, a more, how should we put this, uh, not so humiliating as the, the kind of chaise lounge Right. appearance <laughs> you've got the picture that they illustrated it with Tom in the Sunday Times is Leandro Trossard sort of lying there not looking particularly impressed that he's been chosen is it like the dog trainer of the week instead, instead of having to take the reliant Robin at home you have to be the draft excluder on Saturday maybe that's the way they, they decide these things now yeah Trossard's imp- uh Trossard's expression in that picture does kind of tell the story, but it, the reason we we picked that was was it, that it's a great photo, but also mm. because Brighton were one of the the first clubs to to really use it in the Premier League after Coutinho knocked the ball under their wall uh, in a five one win, um, I think four years ago now, and it was it was Chris Hutton was in charge at the time. And it was it was Anthony Knockhart who he first asked to do it, but but it wasn't actually the draft excluder he asked him to do. It was more what what Hutton uses is is what he calls a Neil spread, which is <laughs> not Neil spread so a great player. In the, in Neil the, spread, I remember. Neil spread played <laughs> League Two in League One. Portsmouth, for a bit. yeah. Dulwich Hamlet yeah. finished that. Neil, Neil spread. Hundred games of Stevenage. He's, I Neil think spread. he's in the Dulwich Legends. He's <laughs> still in the lounges. Sometimes you go, you'll still see yeah, Neil yeah, spread. Really work. Buy your pint. He's a lovely, yeah, lovely fella. Yeah, sorry, sorry, no. sorry. We've gone off on one there. So, so you say so the Neil spread. So they went just sort of yeah, um, yeah. I so mean, the Neil spread is what you're you're sort of on <clears throat> one you're on one knee, but you're trying to you're trying to cover more ground <clears throat> than than perhaps sort of kneeling uh, like, to be. It's like taking the knee, right, but yeah. being being spread that little bit further. And of course, what Hutton says about it is that it's not going to be quite as effective as the draft excluder but if you see a, a, a guy behind the wall blocking most of it then you're probably not going to attempt knocking it under the wall mm. um, and also of course if there is a, a deflection then then you're more likely to be able to get up off your kneel uh, kneel spread than you are <laughs> your chaise lounge uh, and, um, and your keeper, but, though, your keeper sets up for sometimes, Tom, and, and, you know, they want the wall adjusted, which means your draft excluder needs moving. And you, you pointed out in the city, Ruben Diaz sort of dragged Zinchenko along by the head, didn't he, to get, <laughs> get him in position? There's, there's, there's probably, it's, it's not the most flattering role in a team. Um, oh. And I commend Max. For, for saying he'd be willing to do it. I'd, I'd be pleased to be on the pitch, but I don't think Zinchenko would have liked to have done it after after that. He does, Diaz does literally drag him across the wall. The, the interesting thing as well was that Hutton, I kind of wondered, who, who do you pick? Is it is it a case of picking straws before a, a game and, and whoever gets the short straw has to be the draft excluder? But, but Hutton said it tends to be a player who's spent uh, because you've got your big guys in the wall like Ruben Diaz, you've got your chargers who are going to chase up the free kick and your markers in the box. So it tends to be a player like a Leandro Trossard, like a Juan Mata or a Donny van der Beek or a Zinchenko, your kind of small creative players. 
Poor Donny van der Beek. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, yes. This season hasn't worked out, but honestly, he's been draft excluding absolutely <laughs> tremendously. So, so because I, I was thinking that, do you have a tall player? But if you have a short one, it's probably easier for them to spring up into action once the ball is back in play. Yeah. But another key question is, do you face forwards with your arms behind your back? Yeah. Or do you face backwards... Uh, so you, so you, so you know, you'll, you'll take the contact because you don't know the ball. If the ball's coming towards your face, if you're the draft experience, yeah, <laughs> then you, that's you not might good. To get out of the way. And how often do they get studied as well? I mean, often you know, you would th- don't mean studied. I mean the idea that someone would uh, suddenly step back and you you get the full studs right in the thigh or even worse. Yeah. You? So it's Tom, a- Tom, which way to face, please, Tom? <laughs> Away from the cameras, I think, would probably be the, <laughs> the best way to face. <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think with with the back to the free kick, because uh, because of the danger of, of handballs and penalties yeah. being given away now. But but of course, the, the point is, if you if you see a guy lying there, then you're not going to try and knock it under the wall, are you? Uh, well, no. Hang on, what about do you have your head in the? Maybe I'm overthinking this. Head. Keeper side or or your head the other you know where do you, where <laughs> I think you are you are overthinking this. George says I would ban this draft excluder. It looks ridiculous. Quite frankly, it's another sign that the game is dead. <laughs> the game's there gone. They they call it. Was it the crocodile on the on in the Italy, continent? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's called the, the crocodile. So they've not gone down there. Do they not have draft excluders in Italy? So like Alan, do you have wasps in France? <laughs> well, it's David? warmer, isn't it? It's warmer, isn't it, in Italy? <laughs> yeah. Some of those old houses, you know, in those in yeah. those you know beautiful historic. T- cities, yeah, they probably aren't amazing, ergonomically Again, made. Overthinking okay. it, Max, I think. <laughs> so, well, look, Tom, we very much enjoyed it. We look forward to the, the next. There will be fifth. In, back in the day, there would have been a Christmas DVD out, wouldn't there? There would have been Leandro Trossard's top fifty draft excluders. <laughs> but uh, that that market maybe has gone. Maybe now. the PFAs. It will be there, won't it? You know, when yeah. you pick your team of the year, and then it will have draft, draft excluder. Donny van der Donny van comes up on the stage, <laughs> still with a broken nose. Here where he the, faced nom- the wrong the way. nominees are. And it cuts yeah. to mid, you know split screen, yeah. and they're all lying on the floor, <laughs> and that's it. They come up on the stage and they lay down. They're given the award <laughs> yeah. like that, and then so, they yeah. stretch it off or led off by the head by Ruben Diaz. Uh, yeah, anyway, thank you. I think we've exhausted that now, Tom. Good man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. There we Cheers, are, Tom, Tom. Roddy. There's pieces in the uh, Sunday Times. You can go and check it out online. Andy says Max is drunk again. Who opens their door? <laughs> Puts a draft outside and then shuts the door. It's, it's behind the door. It's a very good point. It is. No, but it's the way you look at the way you look at a wall, and then it goes behind. Mm. If that was the if that was your back door, you'd put the draft excluder in front. <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? You would. You can have because I mean, if you're if you're like Charlie Baker and your door goes straight onto the road yeah. and you've got your draft excluder on the front, that's going to get soaked, <laughs> isn't it? The first time it rains. I'm looking from inside the house. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, so that's my. What mistake. are you doing inside Charlie Baker's house? <laughs> just, we get on does great. He know? Does we, he know? We, we get on very well. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so, uh, got to have a Subutio boot warmer, says Gavin Budley. Oh, lovely. Have boot warmers, of yes. course you have. Yeah. I like this one from Stuart, says, how about a Subutio stadium closing roof? It will make it tricky for a game yeah. when closed. That, that's <laughs> Good a, point, isn't that it? That is very, it would be hard to play. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Matt Rushton here on TalkSport. You've been telling us about your return to grassroots football. Matt had his first training session last night and uh, we've been hearing from some of you, some of the uh, fellas have come back and feeling the pace a little bit the shirts feel a little bit tighter but 
Lovely uh, message from uh, John this afternoon. It, it kind of shows the importance of grassroots football. Um, this coming uh, Thursday, uh, I am back to playing football once again. He said, we've played at the same time every Thursday, even for 28 years. I was 23 when we started. I'm now 51. Um, it's also exactly 125 days since I had a quadruple heart bypass, a mechanical valve put in and then a pacemaker fitted on top of contracting coronavirus whilst in the Barnsley Hospital and being extremely ill. On the 26th of November, just before the operation, I targeted May to return to a plane, provided Boris allowed. I'm a month ahead of schedule with some new coloured Predator boots. Always believe, never give up, says John. So have a, have a good time, John. I yeah, hope it goes well. It's a Enjoy. wonderful story and good luck to you. 51 and Predators. That's marvellous, that, isn't that, it? That is that, tremendous, isn't it? Is I, would, I, would have, I would have stuck with, you know, well, like, Copper Mondiales at 51. I, I had I to change my Astros and there was a bargain to be had. I was oh, given, no, an, an, Adi, I was given an Adidas voucher for yeah. their website yeah. and they had a sale on. And I've got a pair of a pair of purple messies. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> for a clogging <laughs> centre-back? Yeah, exactly. Are you a ball-playing centre-back? Well, are you, no, I'm not, okay, I'm not right. a ball-playing anything. I'm not sure about that then. Um, but, yeah, purple. I've got some clog for them, as you can imagine. Anyway, they'll get dusted down. Anyway, The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. We spoke to Sunday Times' uh, Tom Roddy earlier on about the um, draft excluder lying behind Mm, the wall. And we wondered whether you tried it down at grassroots level. Uh, David uh, West Brom says, we started training again last night and we were talking about the draft excluder. It's an under-15 team. So I decided to show the guys how it works. But the goalkeeper kept moving the wall, so I was like a worm moving <laughs> moving about behind them. And I was stood on twice. In the end, the lads just gave up and walked away. So not particularly successful at that level. But as I said, how often have... Have you ever been beaten by a free kick, your team, under the wall? I mean, it's a, it's quite... A, it's, a, it's, it's unlikely it's, to it's happen, It's bold it? and it's a skill, isn't it, really? It's probably at our level just a mishit. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. It couldn't get me foot under it. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk now about uh, a new uh, podcast that maybe you can uh, help with. Uh, Searching for the Shinies is the podcast. Matt Ketchell and uh, Richie Wyatt are the guys uh, behind it. And uh, it's a 90s football podcast. And uh, they, they're here to tell us more. Good afternoon, guys. Hello, yeah, thanks for having us on, chaps. It's a How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. So, Matt, I mean, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a general 90s football podcast. It's quite specific, so tell us tell us why. Yeah, basically, we're attempting to, to find and track down any players who appeared in the 1997 Merlin Premier League sticker album and interview them about their career <laughs> and about the 96-97 season in general. We think that's the sweet spot of British football, basically, the last time when it was acceptable to have a few cans on the coach after a, an away game. And there's plenty, thousands of tales to be told and we want to hear them. Uh, Richie, are you, are you looking at you know the top end? Are you looking for your, your Boas or are you just as interested <laughs> in, in Richard Jobson and, uh, and um, Regis Geno uh, uh, and others as I'm looking, scrolling through Merlin 90s? I have an obsession I, I, I with 90s football you were, you were here. playing Colbert. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not dissimilar. This, this is right in my sweet spot, Richie. Yes, we thought it was. And, and to be honest with you, we're, we're open to a mixture. Um, to give an example, we've had Craig Hignett on the show already. And he told stories about about Fabrizio Ravanelli and, and Neil Cox having a scrap. If we got Ravanelli on, he wouldn't tell that story. So actually, mm. lesser known players, ones who've sort of sat in the change room and, and watched the magic unfold, 
um, are also very much the, the target here. Um, but anyone, to be honest with you, anybody in the book we're keen to speak to. And I think part of the fun here is that um, we have quite a limited network of, of football people in our lives. Um, so actually the search is part of the fun. Uh, so reaching out to people, and that's why we're on the show today, is to try and get your listenership to help us out. So do you, do you uh, Matt, do you just sort of find yourself opening a page and I mean, you've got a specific hit list, um, but I mean, the idea of just opening the book and just closing your eyes and, and sort of pointing at a player and thinking, right, that's our next challenge, see if we can track him down. Yeah, well, a lot of the ex-players are quite big on social media, so try and find the active ones and, and tweet them and see if they fancy coming on and talking about the, the, the good old days and... We've had, you know, Steve Chettle. We, we tracked him down. He was our first guest. He came on. We got him on Instagram and he was keen to come along. Um, we, we donate a bit of money to charity for the players' time as well. So if, if, if any of them are doing a fundraiser, um, we, we're happy to donate some money to, to that cause. Lee Dixon came on and his wife has a charity, so we donated to that. Um, Martin Scott, uh, who played for Sunderland, one of the lesser-known players. Again, he was a bit more candid than someone like mm. Eric Cantona or, or Alan Shearer might be. So... <laughs> It was fantastic to get his stories. Not that we would um, ignore Eric and Alan if they fancy coming on. <laughs> also, managers had stickers in the 1997 book. Oh. Uh, Harry Redknapp in his full kit in the team photograph. If he fancies coming on, if uh, Kevin Keegan fancies coming on, we won't shun any managers. We want to, we want to hear as many stories as we can from the 96-97 season. And we have to do this. So, look, you know, if Steve Vickers is listening, or Nicola Jerkan, or Brian Roy, eight ten eighty nine, you know, get straight. I think more chance of Steve Vickers to be honest. <laughs> you never, you never know. It's a brilliant idea, and, and also, I guess, Richie, you know. You can, you can keep going until you could obviously a, a few of the, the players from that year's uh, you know this this uh, um, uh, annual have, have sadly passed away but you can pretty much fill the thing can't you? you can get to that moment that point when it's the final sticker and you're putting this final sticker in the album that's the idea so there's 320 players I think we've ruled out David Batty because legend has it he lives in a cave somewhere mm-hmm. but <laughs> everybody else anybody else that wants to come on we'd be delighted to speak to them because you know, with these 300, let's call it 19 players, there's going to be thousands of untold stories um, of an era where you've got foreign players coming to the Premier League for, in, you know, the first time in many cases. It's straight after the year 96, and all these superstars are coming over. I mean, I was having a look through the summer transfer window um, earlier on, and Sheffield Wednesday, let me just give you a taste of what it was like back in these days. In, in that summer, Sheffield Wednesday signed Andy Booth and Mike Williams from Huddersfield, Scott, Scott Oakes from Luton, and Benito Carboni from Inter Milan. So we want to know who who put that shortlist together um, because it's fascinating. And how did these guys all get on? That's the sort of thing we want to explore. Now, some of them, uh, there were sort of two stickers of international players. So, like, there's two Florin Redichauers. Does that mean he has two episodes, Matt, or, or did you just stick to one? <laughs> well, we spoke so long for Craig, with Craig Hignett that we had to split his episode into two parts so we could uh, you know if if Radichoy or Fancy's coming on and, and gives us two and a half hours like Hignett did then I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out <laughs> but the, the, the chase the search is, is is part of the fun a lot of people are now reaching out to us for example I got sent a number for Ken Moncal the other day so yeah I'm sending an SMS to Ken Moncal and Steve Howie and John Beresford's reading my WhatsApps and not replying to me. Uh, two, of, two of Graham Fenton's. I know for a fact Graham Fenton is being asked by two different people now to come on our podcast, but I don't think he fancies oh, coming on, on to talk about Fenton. the night. He's been a Geordie who scored against Newcastle and derailed our title challenge. Oh, I love, I love this so time. much. And presumably in the pod at the start, do you talk before you play the interview, you talk about, you know, the journey of getting to this player, Richie. 
Precisely that, yeah. So it could be it could be via social media, but actually more likely it's going to be through some spurious connection we have to that player. So um, on the podcast I mentioned, one of my good friends said he was close with Francis Benali. It turns out Francis Benali's never heard of him. Um, didn't stop me trying to get hold of him. But, so yeah, it, it could be any route, any way we can find these players we want them. So, you know, if, if Anders Limpar has tried to sell you some Tupperware boxes, just, you know, send him our way. If, um, you know, there's, there's so many players out there we would like to get on. If Ronnie Rosenthal goes to your, your Zoom Zumba class, if yeah. you had a pint with Neil Spread, would look <laughs> yeah, well, very that's the, yeah, of course. That, that, he's this? a tough booking. David, a David Beckham mint condition sticker from Merlin '96. I don't know if that's '96. I don't know if that's yeah. the year before yours. And I'm like, if we're allowed to talk about that one at all, how much do you reckon on eBay a mint condition David Beckham sticker? Is uh, I'll, I'll take. Um, I go. These boy, the boys might know. Let me. I don't know. Uh, Two hundred and fifty quid. Okay. Anyone want to have a? You, you, uh, have you any idea, guys? I, I was well, I was ruling them out that they were four pound. It was four pound. It was too much for me. So anything over that, I've turned off. Four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. No. That's no. what it's on. Is it signed? No. It's in a cellophane wrapper. Oh, well, that, okay. I mean, yeah, that makes all the difference. Could be quite a good cellophane. Could be reusable, <laughs> well, the cellophane, I guess, couldn't it? So how do they get in touch, boys? How do they get in touch with you, uh, Matt? Is, have you, is there a kind of, uh, via the, is there a sort of a link on the on the podcast that people can get in touch if any of the players out there would like a chat? Absolutely, yeah. We've got our website, searchingforshinies.com, and we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at the Shiny Pod. Get in touch with us. You know, if you can touch, if you can put us in touch with uh, any Newcastle players, because we haven't had any Newcastle players on yet, and I'm a Newcastle right. fan, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. David Batty would be the dream, but I think that's not going to happen. We can give Mickey uh, Mickey Gray a nudge for you if you, if you don't mind a bit of Sunderland. Yeah. He's a shiny. shiny. He's a shiny in the book. Oh, oh, shiny. Of, course he, of course, he's a shiny, well, isn't well, he? We'll give him a nudge for you. Th- thanks very much, guys. Good Cheers, to talk fellas. to you. Wish you well with it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. All Matt, Matt Ketchell and Richie Wyatt there from the uh, Searching for Shinies uh, podcast. Go and check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And any players out there who know they feature in that book and we just like a little bit of a trip down memory lane. If Reggie Blinker is listening. Yeah. 1089. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Charlton, if you're a... Uh, sorry, it's, it's a game of Culverhouse. It is a game of really Culverhouse. Good. I feel like you should put the tension music <laughs> under it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton uh, here on TalkSport. What about a little naked Subutio player that you could okay. flick onto the pitch as a streaker? <laughs> and then would you have to flick on little stewards? You have to flick who, on little stewards. You can't to... catch up with him. <laughs> exactly. And then the, cre- the crowd cheer as he as he evades the stewards. They're all a lot bigger than him. Uh, keep and then we keep... do need a tiny policeman's helmet yes, to, think, to cover yeah. up the modesty well, of the Subutio Talking of tiny things, yeah. Swampy in Ashford says, surely every Subutio game these days should come with a really tiny small can of foam to mark <laughs> out free kicks. I don't know how little foam you'd get out of that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Do you want to know two things I learned from the tabloids today? I would love to. Uh, One, Alan Titchmarsh washes his whole body in shampoo, not just his hair. I am the same. Are you really? Yeah. You don't don't use a shower gel? Whatever, you know, whatever I put on my head, I just... Are you I quite lather all the way suit? down. Are you quite not, hairy? I mean, do you need that, a, do you need a full suit. body shampoo? Not really. I just sort of feel they're probably pretty similar. So if I start with okay. shower gel, it's whatever Mrs. Rushton has got, which is why for about three months, mm. she, her hair, she dyed it blonde oh, and yeah. she was using this special shampoo to keep her hair blonde. It yeah. was actually turning my hair greyer. It was a disappointing <laughs> couple of months when she was like, <laughs> actually, that's probably why you've, it's sort of moved on quite quickly. Because yeah. I should have browner hair than I do at my age, I think. Yeah, you've gone, yeah, and uh, the other thing I learned today was that uh, Gemma Collins is has taken up bird watching. Okay. And they say you learn nothing from the tabloids. Eh? Well, do you want? Uh, Raven wrote to the Star to say if UFOs exist and they fly at the speed of light, then why do they have flashing white, red, and yellow lights? Something to think about. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. open with it, Raven. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, it's uh, Paul Horsby and Max Rushton here on Talksport, and we're going to look ahead to Wales versus the Czech Republic this evening with our very own Lawrence Moore. Do you want one more? Humans could evolve to have poisonous saliva. Scientists reckon like, by when? Like not, not within the next half hour. <laughs> Thursday afternoon. I don't. Yeah. Andy Goldstein coming in and spitting us. That's not going to happen, is it? What a terrible way to go. Yeah, that's right. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We're moving. We're shifting the week. We're not here on Good Friday, which means Andy will be with me in the studio on Thursday. Right. Which means Max is with me tomorrow, which means the birthday spread takes place tomorrow. Fixed your move for TV reasons. That's right. How will that affect things? I'm on a roll. Yeah, you are. Well, yeah. One out of uh, one out of twelve ain't bad. I've seen one out of one. So you can define you're only as good as your last it. result. Hawks That's speak. very true. At least I get to st- I get to start. I get. You I do get to off, start. What an honour! So birthday spread tomorrow with Andy and Jeff Peters. Uh, so until then, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 